Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites, and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Welcome back to Ciao Bella. Today I am here with Adriano Morabito and Darius Aria. Adriano is the founder and creator of Roma Soterania. Darius is an archaeologist and together they are the cutest men in Rome and the cutest guys that go <laughs> underground. Hi guys. Hello. That's probably true actually. <laughs> um, I don't say anything, but hello, Erica. No, but it's true because all my friends agree with me, so. And I'm, I'm the boss of all of this. So welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me on Ciao Bella. I wanted to bring you both together because I, I've always wanted to talk to both of you together because you are the dynamic duo of underground and archaeology, and everybody keeps asking me, hey, can we talk a little bit about archaeology? Yeah, of course. Actually, it's the most fascinating subject in town. Uh, Adriano has probably spent more time underground than... And on the surface? Probably in anyone in town here. And uh, a lot of exploits, a lot of discoveries, and obviously in the end, is a lot of fun, right? That's why you do it, right? Definitely. Only for fun and for interest and love. Uh, I mean, really in love with this city. And it's more than 22 years now that we are trying to explore whatever is possible to explore underground. And well, so we are moving mainly in the underground. Well, Rome. tell us a little bit about Roma Soterania. Roma Soterranea was born uh, 22 years ago in, 19, in, 20, in 2000 and we were just a bunch of friends uh, loving to go underground even in natural caves and situations like that and then being Romans and being in Rome we started looking at uh, the undergrounds and obviously if you look at undergrounds in Rome it's you are going to face archaeology. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's what you find just one meter under the surface. Uh, and it was difficult at the very beginning because you have to think that obviously we had to talk with the public archaeological officers and there was a little bit of doubt about us. Who are these guys who want to go underground and what is their experience and everything. So it took a while to be on the other side of the wall, let's say, and being called by the archaeological officers for uh, some special situation where our knowledge was needed. So uh, it's really interesting now to be finally, after many years, on the other side of the barricade and being involved in new discoveries. Yeah, and you know as well as I do that it's not just uh, in Rome, but all these cities of Italy. And then, you know, you're a participant with international organizations all over the Mediterranean. So the incredible thing is your, your passion for the underground, it's, it's taken place in so many other historical locations throughout the Mediterranean. And, uh, you know, again, people have usually started off with a passion, with an interest, with the, the guts to go and explore places that were otherwise unexplored. And over time you're pioneering in Rome, you have all these colleagues, and I met a bunch of them, that have pioneered similarly in small towns like Narni or, you know, large, you know, cities like, uh, you know, Istanbul and, 
it's just a it's a it's a, a you know a society or a community of people that come from different backgrounds maybe you can say some things about a lot of your colleagues what they actually do for a living look uh, we've been to some international uh, congresses as well uh, so we've been in uh, Bulgaria I never thought about Bulgaria but there are a lot of undergrounds there as well in Turkey and we know I mean we all know about the incredible heritage that Turkey has underground with these underground cities in, in Cappadocia and uh, so but mainly all these people are always moved uh, I mean by passion it's it's mainly passion all all of them have normally an other, other business going on. Well, they on. come from all walks of life, like Michele, for example. Yes, yes. I mean, there are, you have psychologists, or you have people working today in the tax uh, offices, or you have doctors, or you have all kind of, uh, of different people. And, uh, and that is the beauty of that, because uh, we grew in this field, and obviously we are not archaeologists, but like Darius is instead, yeah. but we have <laughs> our knowledge in this field grew a lot. And the interesting thing is that sometimes you face uh, and you start talking with, uh, with an archaeologist about something that you discovered and they tell you, OK, but what is this according to your experience? Because obviously we have a huge experience in all different underground situations and, and structures and whatever. And uh, so we are very uh, proud to be able to give our support to the all archaeological, uh, let's say, story. And, and going beyond you know, archaeology, I mean, t tell them some of the stories that you know, you've told me as well about beyond the antiquity, it's just well, maybe there's a sinkhole, or maybe there's some, you know, real geological formation or whatnot that affects the integrity of a modern building. I mean, maybe something is archaeologically related, but yeah, normally giving people a sense of that. You're right, because what we say is that the main underground feature that you can find in Rome is the tufa uh, quarries. So uh, we have incredibly big quarries that are expanding underground Rome for, I mean, for hundreds of kilometers of galleries. And uh, obviously, all this material was used to build Rome, basically. It's Tufa and it's Pozzolana. So uh, with, with Pozzolana, you basically are able to make a kind of cement. And this is expanding everywhere around Rome, especially, I mean, out of the city center. And most of the times, people don't know about these huge, uh, big structures underground, and people build on top. And if you don't know about them, and you don't do proper foundations, then you can have the, the sinkholes that we all know in Rome and that affect our traffic very often. Well, I think one of the things that, um, that I love about Rome and that I love telling people about Rome is, you know, people come to Rome and they see this incredible city. They see the Baroque architecture, the Renaissance architecture, and then they see the monuments, the Pantheon, the Colosseum, and they see the Roman Forum. And I try to tell people, you know what, it's far more than that because it's all underneath us. And walking around with the two of you, it's so much fun for me because you two, both of you are like, but you know what's under here? And I, I love it because, like, like, for example, when you talk about Tufa, last summer, do you remember what we did when we went to in, in Monteverde? Yes. And you took us in that area that, I was, that was just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and went on forever. And I think that's what's so, so amazing. I wish you guys could tell me, if you guys want, I'd love for you guys to tell me a little bit more about how what we see in Rome is not, is, is, is just a fraction of what we get. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, you get to say that all these hills, you know, which are big dumps of ash from the eruptions hundreds of thousands of years ago, those are all the quarry sites initially that uh, Adriano is referring to because there's, there's just local. So the Capitoline Hill, the Palatine Hill, the Kylian Hill, I mean, they're all literally like Swiss cheese, uh, starting from the Romans themselves and continuing onward. The exploitation of the material continues through the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, and so forth. And then, of course, they're also just digging down through the debris of a place like the Forum to extract you know, more blocks of stone for building materials along the Via Appia and so forth. So it's anywhere that you go, even centrally located underneath, there's a whole other world. It's easy to say that. But it's not just relegated to material. It's not simply just these tufa quarries. I mean, I think one of my, when I met you, I met you because, well, through Darius, um, and I remember it because of the, this television show you guys did together. Exactly. And I remember that scene where you're walking on that street by the Colosseum, and you're like, here's a little door. And you open the little door, and, what was, and, and you go underground, and what was there? Yeah, it was the Ninfer degli Annibaldi in that case. So it's a tiny portion of a, a much bigger structure that was there and that luckily was saved and was discovered because they opened a road. And by cutting this road in, into this hill next to the Colosseum, they just found this, uh, this, this portion of, of, of structure. It was an Ninfeum, so it was a place with the water, with a big water feature. And uh, this wall was completely covered with shells just to give the idea of the water and of a place where you can probably go and rest. But it was part of a, of a bigger villa or a bigger, bi much bigger building that we, we know very, uh, I mean, almost nothing about that. But um, I think that a very uh, good way of trying to um, explain people what is Rome is what I normally say when we do courses, because we do underground uh, speleology courses here in Rome. And I always say, you have to think that what we know about the underground world of Rome uh, is just think ab about having a, a 3D puzzle. And this 3D puzzle is as big as the all in Rome inside the Aurelian walls and is as deep as probably 18 meters. And of all these huge, big 3D puzzles, you have probably 5% of the pieces. <laughs> this is what you have and what you can uh, explore or visit. All the rest is just under and it will be probably never be discovered unless there will be something happening in open areas because I mean we are now in a beautiful building in the city center of Rome. You are not going to knock it down to see what's under that, uh, under this building. Unless you have a lot of money and you can do something in the basement, like they did in Palazzo Valentini, that is a beautiful place in oh, Rome. The yes, the Domus di Palazzo Valentini next to Piazza Venezia. But that thing was able, I mean, was possible only because it was a public uh, uh, building and it, there was a public office putting a lot of money in that in project. But otherwise, it's something impossible to uh, um, achieve in any other building around Rome. And I mean, I'm sure if we dig here, oh, yeah. we are going to find Roman remains. We're in the Circus Firminius. I was thinking also about the Rinascente. You have, a, I think, a Japanese company that owns a chain, 
They did the digging. They found a neighborhood. And, and, and the publications were like fountains, uh, late antique domus, uh, apartment buildings, everything. They excavated it all out. Then they packed it in with dirt, and you, you're standing on top of it when, you, when you're in the basement. So there's a case where they got the documentation, but they didn't spend the extra, what, half a million dollars or something to actually just let it be accessible to the people through a glass floor. I think that's a big mistake because that's given you you know, an entry into the neighborhoods of ancient Rome that you don't otherwise see. I, I was, I was kind of shocked they just didn't, you know, twist their arm and say, fork out some more money or something. I thought that was incredibly uh, wrong, really. Yeah, but, but it's something that happens normally. Yeah. You know when there is a, a place where there is any kind of work done, you always have an archaeologist in Rome oh, yeah. where, whenever you start digging because obviously you are going to find something. Yes. And normally, when it's on a private property... First of all, you as an owner have to pay the archaeologist. Yeah. But the second step is that if you find something that is old, they tell you, okay, now you don't dig anymore. Right. You just cover it. That's it. I mean, your... your well, there's the big fun, like Empalm, and they found the remains of the Horte Lamiani that was then retrofitted by Caligula, which is a big discovery, which is going to have a museum, because Empalm said, yeah, we'll, we'll pay 2 million euros, which Where's is... a that? It's up in the Piazza Vittorio. Yeah, and the same so that's thing. That's another great discovery. And, and the same thing happened on uh, um, Cinema Trevi. Yep. Next to. Oh, that was great. Uh, yeah, we all love uh, Città dell'Acqua, exactly. right? The, a couple Cita of apartments. Cittadella But there, Beautiful. because once again, was yeah. Cremonini, that he, who is a, a big, big Italian entrepreneur, yeah. one of the biggest yeah. uh, one in Italy. And he financed the excavation, uh, and right? And he said, okay, I will finance. Because yeah. the sub, uh, superintendency, the archaeological officer said, okay, now you will stop. You're not going to dig. You're not going to make your underground level. That's it. Uh, but, but on one side, you have to understand it because yeah. I think if you have to finance all these things around Rome. I mean, it's a never-ending project. Uh, and, uh, and at the same time, we all know that tourists coming in Rome, they spend probably, uh, I think the average is less than two nights yeah. in Rome. Yeah. I mean, in two nights, in two days, or three days, two nights. Yeah. I mean, when you go to Vatican, to Piazza del Colosseum, uh, yeah. Colosseo, yeah. you go to Palatino, you go to Fontana di Trevi, I mean, it's, it's done. Yeah. yeah. Then, then it's done. You know? So all those other I sites, who's going to see those sites? Actually, this, is a great, this is a great thing to bring up because I think you're absolutely right. I think also when people think of underground Rome, for the most part, I think, and maybe this is changing a little bit thanks to both of you, but they think of the catacombs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So absolutely. Let, and which are fantastic. Which are, which are great. I Definitely, love, yes. I like San Sebastiano, but let's talk about some sites that people might not know about in Rome that you guys love. Look, there are many places. Uh, okay, my suggestion is Every time you go into a church, always try to yeah. see if there is an underground. Because very, I mean, very often there is an underground in the church because they were able to dig or because it's the ancient church or whatever. So it's San Clemente, it's uh, Cicilia, Santa Cecilia, Cecilia, San Crisogono, yeah. uh, Cosme Damiano. So there are Santissimi Giovanni e Paolo, the Casa Romana. San Giovanni, yeah. Santa Maria Maggiore. Yeah. Yeah. There are many many uh, churches with uh, with very interesting undergrounds that normally are open to public so yeah. you don't need special uh, booking or whatever uh, and then you have uh, a lot of other places that are open on a special request uh, and this is through the municipality of rome and normally it's very difficult to make a booking by yourself so normally the slots are booked by let's say associations who do this for mm -hmm. guided mm -hmm. tours 
like Roma Soterana does. <laughs> and uh, so that can be a way of just trying to visit something different in a different uh, perspective as well, because probably it will be your private tour. Yeah. So it's something, you know, with a very small group, you have a uh, guide, mm -hmm. so it will be something different that I suggest. And there are many places, uh, interesting places. Obviously, I mean, there is Domus Aurea. I mean, yeah. we, didn't, yeah. we yeah. didn't talk about that. San Nicola in Carcere, but once again uh, under yeah. a church. Yeah. So okay, so that counts with the first. Yes, exactly. Uh, the the uh, you know the Mithraeum of um, Circus Maximus, Circumacium. which is a is a classic. Yeah, yeah. Only once, Actually, you know, this is a question for Darius. So I, I live with Darius, which means I get to see you in action <laughs> every single day. And the thing that captivates me the most about you—well, there are so many things that captivate me. But let's, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> I love you for so many reasons, but the thing that captivates me the most about you is I do the dishes. <laughs> I love the dishwasher. <laughs> you're really good at that. Um, is that you, every day you are thrilled with something that, you know, in, in ancient Rome, you see it, and it could potentially be the same thing. It could be like, you're going to the Pantheon again. I said today, I'm going to meet Adriano at the Pantheon. Hey, it's the uh, solstice. Let's go. Longest day of the year. The sun hits the, uh, the just right by the entrance on the pavement. And younger daughter, you want to come with us? Eh, I've been there a million times. So I need to go today. <laughs> yeah, but today is special because today the sun hits. I don't every, care. <laughs> but I care. Every, you care. Every, she doesn't yeah. care. Every day is special. And you know, like one of my favorite things is when I walk around with Darius around like the end of Via del Pellegrino, like in Via de Capilano. Yes, you know, you yes. know what, what's that thing called that you take? It's a got picture? that that kippus with the uh, with the uh, oh. the marker by Claudius that oh. says he extended the pome the pomerium. Yes, and yeah. it's in his archaic writing that he does a couple of weird letters that he introduces in the alphabet. I got to post a video on. I've, I've videoed it like three times. I, I always ask him, did, did the inscription change? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the light's better, or the the, the ivy's growing. Next, the Bougainville has popped, or something. So, Come so, on. But so, so Darius, <laughs> what's what's uh, what's one of your favorite things in in underground? Oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, it's actually thrilling, this whole conversation about the Hippogeum now, the Colosseum. You know, mm -hmm. that's going to be very interesting how they hopefully get it right. Um, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, though, honestly, to, uh, to just pop into one of these places where, you know, next thing you know, it's like, I haven't been under Santa Cecilia in 10 years. And you see everything with fresh eyes. So that's obviously the thing as well in the field and, and being involved in this stuff. Because the light's different, or your mood is different, or you just had a nice meal, or whatever it is, you can look at a place that you've been to, and you're going to notice a different detail. It really is true. Or you'll oh, take is. a second look at that inscription, or because of a conversation, it's, it's, something's clicked in your mind. And I think that's the most exciting thing about it. There's always something fresh about it, even if you've gone multiple times. I mean, there's always something new about the Pantheon. Yeah, I mean, uh, I follow you obviously on the social uh, <laughs> medias, and uh, obviously you are lucky to to live in the city center. So it's everything is just a, a very short walk away. Yep. Uh, but I like to follow you because I mean you are, and, and I can feel it how you are excited about I mean this city and the, or, or all the old uh, ancient remains around, uh, and you are absolutely I mean correct. Uh, I live a little bit more out of, uh, of of the city center, but I must tell you, when I'm out for I don't know one or two months from 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 Rome, and I come back, 
and I just I always go around with my scooter. Oh yeah. And I just arrived to Via di Sa Circo Massimo and I go to Via di San Gregorio. I have goosebumps every yeah. time I see yeah. the Colosseum at the end of the of the alley. I have goosebumps and I have goosebumps now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th I think it's, because yeah. it's something that is in you and yeah. and and you every time you see these things you you remember and you think at what what is behind that. It's not just an, an old monument. Mm -mm. It what it represents. And all the stories behind that. So it's yeah. really something that is in you. And, and, and it changes, right? I mean, because I mean, like you're saying, like that monument might be 2,000 years old, but what did it mean to the people in 1,000? And what yeah. did it mean to, you know, Caravaggio when he was passing by? Or what did it mean to, you know, so Absolutely. when it was part of the unification of Italy? I mean, that, that's an incredible. And where, where else can you go? So I kind of, who else is like Rome? Okay, there's <laughs> Istanbul, right? It has an incredible history. And Definitely. there's Damascus and there's Jerusalem. I mean, how many cities had something that, like Rome, it's not a country that made the empire, it's a city-state. You know, it's, you know, Athens didn't do that. You know, this is the city-state that did this, right? <laughs> and then it didn't stop. It wasn't like a Pompeii that was frozen in time. It That's continued, and you have the Pope, and you have the incredible relevance of the Pope that impacted all of Europe. Then it continues because you have it as the capital of this country. It's one of the richest countries in Europe. It's such a protagonist in the art and design, and so much stuff is incredible. It does not stop. And then what's the foundation? Ancient Rome. What's the foundation of that? It's subterranean Rome. <laughs> <laughs> and the circle closes. And the circle closes. So let it, getting back to underground Rome, um, you guys are like, you know, you're the, you're the, uh, the superheroes of underground Rome, the two of you. I've decided that you are. Don't make fun okay. of me. I think you guys are, you are so, both of you are so passionate. It's, it's actually, it is infectious when um, talking to you because you know, I, I, just what you said about the Colosseum, I, I started getting really excited and I was thinking to myself, whoa, actually, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking it would be fun to just walk up, you know, when you go up, you, you walk on San Gregorio, go into the Colosseum, but then you turn up to go to the Celmontana, and yes. I was like, that's a walk. Santa Giovanni Paolo. Yeah, that's a walk Beautiful. that I really, yes, really, yes. really love. I really love. And I want to know, what are your favorite places in Rome, guys? Look, I have a, how do you say in English? Place of the heart? Heart uh -huh. place? How do you say I don't know, yeah. Pot yeah. Uh, cuore, qualcosa del cuore, no? Si, okay. luoghi del cuore, luoghi del cuore in yeah. Italian. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, to me, is uh, Santi Quattro Coronate. Not far from oh, where you, nice. uh, what we were now. Yeah. Uh, where we were now with your San Gregorio. And I don't know, I love it because it's uh, this kind of uh, fortified church. Uh, from the Middle Ages, and it really doesn't look like a church from the outside. It has a beautiful apse if you walk at the back, from the, uh, on, the, on, on the road at the back, it's beautiful. And uh, inside there are some uh, porticos, beautiful porticos, and there is an incredible uh, painting uh, chapel, uh, uh, painted chapel. So it's it's really a, a place I really I really have in my heart, even for some personal stories. But that little square in front uh, of the of the church, I mean, is uh, during the night is magical because there is no one, and it's so quiet, and it really doesn't look to be in Rome. It looks like to be in a medieval village around yeah. Italy somewhere. It's, it's kind of like an area too. I mean, because San Clemente, the tourists are all there. But yeah. Quattro Coronati, it hasn't been discovered by the yeah. hordes. And it's every time you go there, it feels like an intimate experience because it's not clogged with a zillion people. 
So hopefully we won't get millions of people listening in because of the oh we're all gonna go there. <laughs> but no, I I know exactly I know exactly what you mean. I know every time I go into San Stefano Rotondo just to keep with the theme, oh. nobody goes there, and it's just so amazing, yeah. and the architecture is amazing, and all these horrific frescoes of all the different yep. ways the Romans killed and the martyred martyrs. people. Yeah. I love that. It's so graphic <laughs> and it's so very creepy. Oh, <laughs> so great though. It's like. Just you know, chop off the limbs or pour the molten lead down the throat, and yeah. everything is graphically detailed. Big boiling pot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I like. I'm gonna throw mine out there because I mean, I'm not. I'm not a superhero, <laughs> but I do. What's What's the church I love off of the Nomentana? Is it San Costantino or San Agustin? No, Santa uh, Costanza. Yeah, Costanza. Santa Costanza. That's really good. By no, San no, Agnese. No, the the, the mausoleum. Yeah, but yeah. by the mausoleum by the uh, San Agnese. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Oh, that's gorgeous. Again, not a lot of people go there. Just, I think, I mean, you, are, I think in all these situations, there's a particular architecture. So these aren't these aren't architecture forms that you're going to see throughout the rest of Rome. Each one is is unique, has unique decorations, and then the 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 actual topography is is unique. And then finally, it doesn't. It's not you know inundated with people the way that in some parts of Rome. So I think it's that also that level of I can be there and I can have that moment you know, to myself, to have that space to myself. Which yeah, is but really the important. strange thing is that, I mean, the three of us, for one of these special places, we all basically choose a place that is very s similar, kind yeah. of, yeah. from the same period, that is not the ancient Rome one, that is the easy one in yeah. Rome. Because yeah, everyone can true. say, yeah, I don't know, somewhere on the Palatine Hill, you know, and in the ruins of the Palatine Hill, beautiful place, or Circus Maximus. Mm -hmm. We all spoke about a place that is kind of romantic period and i mean that is 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 really beautiful because once again you have a lot of usage of ancient uh, marbles yeah. Yeah. from the ancient uh, on ancient rome because even in uh, santi quattro coronati you have the uh, cosmatesque uh, yeah. pavings so from the cosmati so it's yeah this just reminded me i wanted to ask each of you what was your very first ancient rome underground experience it has to be ancient rome and it has to be underground now as you guys want to if you guys want to no i bet mine's, it, mine's I, I, easy i tell you mine okay i'll tell you mine mine was and i'm going to just set the stage my cousin Giampiero. i was studying in rome oh, that's good. <laughs> my cousin Giampiero says to me hey let's go out he's like we're going out tonight i'll pick you up at midnight we're going to the palatino and I grew up in Philadelphia, and there was, if I'm not mistaken, a dance club called Palatino. Okay. So I got dressed up <laughs> to go to a dance club. <laughs> no, and um, you ended up in the Palatine Hill. Yes, <laughs> with kitten heels on. And I'm not going to tell the rest of the story because Darius is telling me don't. I think like Latagina lived there at the time. <laughs> He's saying, don't, don't tell it's it. Back when the superintendent actually lived in the building. Anyways, that's not a good story. I, okay, I'm, I did not know her at the time. I did not know her at the time. Okay, go. But 1985, first time you railing through Europe. I'm something, I don't know how old, 13. You railing? You railing. You railing, whatever. You railing, you railing, whatever. So we're in the train going around. And of course, we, my mom's German American. Interrail so was called yeah. in Europe. Okay. Oh, yes. Interrail. Fine, fine. So. <laughs> You know, we took, there's no channel. We take the ferry over from London. We're in Paris. We go throughout Germany because my mom's German-American. Go to Vienna. My parents met in Vienna. Come down to Italy, and it's like, oh, we're in Italy. So it's like Venice, and it's Florence, and finally it's like Rome. And Rome was things like, well, we couldn't find the entrance of the Forum before it closed, so we saw the Forum from outside. And, you know, we went around. I'm, I totally remember Largo, Argentina, because I almost got killed crossing the street. But my underground experience there was the catacombs. 
You know, it was like something that we had to do. And of course, schlepping out on the Via Appia back in the day, you know, with the bus, like, now nah, I do everything by a scooter. St. Sebastian, of course, classic. I mean, my mom was leading this one, so you know, it's out. You have to go here. You have to go there. But anyway, I mean, we like Priscilla. We like you know, we have other you know, Marcellino, Pietro, whatever. But uh, and it was just really awesome. And it was it was incredible. And it was like going, in, you know, tapping into another world. Like everything was different, and it was just part of the incredible experience of Rome, just along with uh, you know the the Colosseum and things like that. Okay, mine is is not probably hundred percent archaeological, but, but see, you're not hundred percent archaeological. That's what I yeah. love about this. <laughs> <laughs> but is basically where Roma Soterrana started. So I think it's is is the place. Okay. And uh, so we were nineteen ninety eight seven probably nineteen ninety seven. So yeah, internet was there, but it was very basic. And so surfing on the, on, the, uh, on the internet, I found this little website that was, I mean, talking about Rome, ancient Rome and underground Rome. And then I, I phoned this guy, I actually sent him a mail, and I told him, look, I would like to do something with you because I'm really thrilled. And I mean, I remember that my only thing when I was going into a castle or a church was always to ask, okay, is there any underground? I, I love to visit undergrounds. And, and this guy answered me and said, look, uh, okay, if you want, you can come on, on Saturday, bring uh, rubber boots, uh, and, and we are going underground. There is a big lake. Said, okay, wow. But at that time, you know, there was not these big stores like you have today, where you can go and buy all this, everything, basically. Right. And so I didn't know where to go and buy rubber boots. I didn't have any, the slightest idea. So at the end, I went on these hunting and fishing sh sh uh, shops. And I went out from this shop with the yellow rubber boots. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to this meeting point that was in front of one of the um, hospitals in Rome uh, for Lanini. Uh, because that was the meeting point they gave me, and so it was very strange for me. And in your we, yellow boots. In my yellow boots, and we were only four, I think we were four, four people, and we went in the undergrounds of this hospital, and in the undergrounds of this hospital there was this huge, huge tufa mine, ah. tufa oh. quarry, that was filled up with water after, I mean, when it was not used and we had little uh, dinghies mm -hmm. to go into the lake because mm. we had to cross the lake and go on the other side and continue the exploration. I mean, I was wow. joining them for that. And being the last one of the little team, I was the one who had to go back and forth, taking everyone on the other side <laughs> of the lake. And, and it was, I mean, I remember that I came back home and I was so thrilled completely I mean completely thrilled and completely out of my mind for what I saw and I said no okay I have to to continue doing that and then I discovered that this big underground team was just three people I was the fourth person and two years later we were the four founders of Roma Soterranea basically so everything started from that point so even if it's not archaeological because that's nothing about nothing linked to archaeology but it's my place for the first experience i have in my mind that 
really started all this long story. I love that story. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great origin story. Yeah. Now you just you just made made me think of one thing that I I always crack up. You know, people will say to me, "What is what does your husband do?" And uh, I'm well, yeah, he's an archaeologist. And they're like, no, but what does he do? And I just think about the day that um, one day Darius called me. He's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm out all day. I'm out all day." And I was like, "Okay." He's like, "I'll see you later." And I was like, "All right." And he and and then I. I text him, no, I, I get a text that says, I'm at the Cloaca Massima, and that was it. And he's like, that's where I am all day. And I was like, oh. And I'm thinking, you are in, what is it, like the seventh century? What is it, how old is it, Darius? It's fourth century yeah. before Christ. Yeah, well, I mean, the Cloaca Massima. Well, you know, the, the, you know, Elizabeth of Bianchi, I mean, she went, the, yes. the one section goes back, I mean, regal period, I think. Yeah. Where that so one, in, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're in, like, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, the uh, oldest. It's it's drain. yeah. This is the this is the super drain. This is the one that Pliny the Elder bragged about. This is the one that I mean, essentially, other smaller conduits fed into, and then goes right underneath the form and into the Tiber River. So this is like the the ultimate storm drain sewer. And they were so proud of that stuff. They said, look, I mean, this is the, the other thing that you know you like the underground is because back in the day, guy like Pliny the Elder is alive in the, in the Flavian era. He's saying, this is why this is such a great city. It's not just exactly. the stuff you see on top. And this is the Coliseum had been built at that time. He's saying it's what's underneath. If you had any idea of like the super highways of drains underneath this city, this is why the city is amazing. That can take all that massive weight up on top and deal with the tsunamis of floods that come from the Tiber and so on and so forth. So it really was, they had a lot of bragging rights and they were very much impressed with their engineering. And we can be impressed with their engineering. And, in, and the fact that we can actually still go and visit a lot of that subterranean spots. And it still works. It still works, that's right. As a as, as drainage. Yeah. So that's why I always tell people he's an archaeologist. He looks at old drains. <laughs> he just gone. walks through old streets. Hey, I, I did the drain system in uh, for a show and uh, on PBS, the Ancient Visible Cities, and I got to go all around under Istanbul. And it was awesome. I mean, it just, it, it's, it's fascinating. And you see the connection with Rome. You see that they're just perpetuating the sort of, and things that the Romans get from the Etruscans and so forth, but it's yes, just yeah. on an incredible level. It's, I mean, I mean, a lot of civilizations are like that too. I mean, you do, you can marvel at the, the underbelly of, of their yeah. cities. I mean, that's why they're still there in large part is because they built them so well. Exactly. Yes. Well, you guys, this has been so much fun, and I, I, I am so happy that we're all together because it just reminds me that we have to plan another trip where we go under something or, you guys, because it's also fun ha watching the two of you talk about this stuff because you're so excited, you know, and and I mean, it, it, again, it's 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 catchy. Everybody, I I, I feel the. I, I get part of it, even though Darius is like, you're not interested. No, we'll do something little with Erica, and then you and I will plan another mega trip. Like the, 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 since things. our Jordan trip, we did this amazing Jordan trip. Oh, wait, wait, which was like lost Darius for me when I couldn't talk to Darius for like. No, that was just hours, yeah. Well, no, that was just. Sometimes you have don't have a signal, but we I mean we had a phenomenal time. It was incredible. We got to go back. So we've always talking about what are we doing next. So I'm hoping this fall or something that we can do a project together, have uh, some fun because... I'm looking forward for yeah. that. I mean, yeah. we always have fun going around. Well, Adriana, will you do me a favor and tell everybody where they can find you? We are obviously uh, on uh, www.romasotterranea.it. So um, it's double T, double R, Sotterranea. Uh, <laughs> so it's a little bit difficult. I'm going to uh, spell it for okay. but I'm going to read it. It's Roma, R-O-M-A, Sotterranea is S-O-T-T-E-R-R-A-N-E-A, yeah. dot I-T. Dot I-T. And you have a lot of information there because we are 
an active association. So we, it's not only about making guided tours. Yes, we do guided tours for uh, even for foreign tourists. Uh, but uh, our main aim is the study of the undergrounds uh, with, uh, in cooperation with the uh, archaeological offices of Rome. So uh, we are on the fields. Uh, I don't want to say every day, but every weekend, yes. And it's all based on volunteers. So it's, uh, it's something that we are very proud of. And you can find as well as with the same name on, uh, on, on Facebook and on Instagram as Underground Rome. Underground Rome. Yeah. Oh, that's even easier. That's easier. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. So now we know romasotterrania.it um, on Facebook and Roma Soterranea under, again. Underground yes. Rome on, on Instagram. Instagram. And Darius. I mean, I know that I can find you every single just, evening, it, daytime. Everything is uh, Darius Aria Diggs, D I G S. So much so is this getting branded that I get a lot of people saying, Dear Dr. Diggs. Which is getting, oh, dear Darius Diggs. I'm like, it's not my last name, it's not Diggs. But anyways, Mr. Diggs. Mr. Diggs. Mr. Diggs. And, uh, but it's all social media. And then I direct the American Institute for Roman Culture, which is romanculture.org. But you can find all of our online uh, course and masterclass and zillions of free videos. It's ancientromelive.org on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash wedigrome. And then if you want to follow what the heck I'm doing on a daily basis or whatnot, it's also dariusariadigs.com. A lot of TV in the pipeline, a lot of projects. Happy to share all of that. And if you need to find these two guys, um, you can also DM me. Not sure how much information I'll give. Just kidding. <laughs> guys, thanks so much. I had so much fun. I've been waiting months for this, and it's been impossible to get you two together because Darius is like, no. <laughs> and... Adri, you're like everywhere. So finally, I got you both. Thank you so much. Thanks to you, Thank Erica. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. If you'd like to know more about today's guest, please visit ciaobella.co and click on the podcast link or go directly to ciaobella.co backslash podcast. Want more Italy? You can find all my episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. When you have time, subscribe to iTunes and rate the podcast. What are you waiting for? And if you want to be part of the podcast, email me or DM me your Italy questions. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafierpo.com and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafierpo. Ciao, Bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta and Dis to Dis Studios, the producers of Ciao, Bella, who continue to make me sound and feel great.